E-N. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, an interesting day once again. Some green on the screen as we look at the grain side of the complex. You flip the page and and for the most part we can say some, some green on the screen for the livestock as well. But there's a lot of things that are looming. Things that we normally don't talk about during the Fontenelle Final Bell, including you know what's happening outside of the ag economy. We know that the COVID variant in California, that has caught some questions and concerns. OPEC, but let's look at the livestock side of it. Do we still have the supplies out there? Um, some contract highs, but is there a however that goes along with it? And we got to admit, retail meat prices are not cheap. Are we going to see that war as we get closer to the holidays between the proteins? We're going to find out all of that today. As Kyle Bumstead joins us, he is with Allendale Incorporated. So let's let's get the big ones out of the way. Let's talk about OPEC, OPEC that is, and um, what you're seeing and how that's even having an effect on our livestock and grain markets today. You bet, Susan. Thanks for having me back. Well, uh, OPEC, they had their meeting today, and uh, there is talk that Russia is going to, uh, you know, maybe increase their supplies a little bit. And initially this morning, pre-market, we shot this crude oil market down here to 62, just 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 under 62 and a half here in this uh, January contract. And of course, we're trading the post-market right now, and we're off those lows here by almost $5. We're trading 67.18, up $1.61 uh, on the session right now. So again, that's post-market here. The market's already closed here, but we're doing some of that at uh, post-market trading. But yeah, it uh, definitely has had an effect. And we came in here, the S&P and, and uh, you know, the Dow has been on a roller coaster here the last few sessions. But I will say this, the cattle market has held in there very resilient, given the moves that we've seen here from the outside forces, be it the last few days, we've seen some, you know, steep declines in the grain complex, which really uh, looked looked more just like a non-commercial position squaring here as we got a new month started here and, uh, you know, we're going into the end of the year here. So when you look at, uh, like you mentioned, the, the corn and soybeans here, the basis remains firm, the spreads remain firm. So I think uh, any dips in this grain complex are going to be bought and there's going to be some end user coverage, uh, you know, taken on here as far as feed yards and, and uh, ethanol plants we still got excellent ethanol numbers here so looking at some of the uh, basis bids here in central nebraska over into western iowa there i mean there's even places there's positive bids here right now for both corn and soybeans so that's definitely a good thing but it's 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 good to see how the the ags could be resilient and shrug off this uh, outside bearish news so speaking of outside bearish news rewind 18 months ago the word covid covid made us all nervous this new variant coming in is it going to have much of a factor you're going to see some nervousness within this cattle trade well i guess i'm going to look at at this covid like like we look at the purrs in the hogs. I mean, it's, I think it's always going to be here. It's just how we deal with it and how we deal with the headlines and how it gets treated. It's, it's going to be an under, or it's, it's going to be something that's always looming out there and it's how bad it gets, how bad of a strain it gets or, or whatever, what have you. So, um, I think that there's always that possibility if it gets into an area and it shuts down a workforce for a short amount of time, it could have an effect on things short term. But uh, as we saw here, this new variant that was, you know, that came out last Friday of all days on a shortened session, which normally is kind of a sleeper of a day uh, and drove the crude oil market. You know, the, the crude oil market was a canary in the coal mine and it just dropped like a rock that day. And then, you know, to try to bounce back with the cattle market held resilient and the hog market is starting to turn around here on a little bit firmer cash in the country. So I do think that uh, it looks good. We've been able to shake that off here as far as that negative news. 
but it's always going to be out there, and, and we're going to have to deal with it for the foreseeable future, the way it looks, Susan. All right, let's talk about the, these cattle markets. You talk about the resilience mm-hmm. that has been there in the trade. Is this momentum yeah. that we have seen the last couple of weeks, can this continue? That's a good question. I'd like to think that it can, because when we look at it here, the basis has come in line here. You're trading 140 to potentially, I, I have heard some unconfirmed uh, talk of some maybe 141.5 to 142.5, depending on the kind of cattle uh, that were traded today. And you're sitting here with the board at 137.65 here, uh, and the cash the cash contract for December. Uh, February is trading at 139.57 at the close here. So we've got the cash market start to come alive here. We're trading the highest cash we've traded here clear back, I think, since uh, 2016. I'd have to go back and look through my notes here, but we, I mean, we've talked about it here. We're trading highest cash we've traded here for several years. Now, the board's getting up here into areas we haven't seen in, in quite some time as well, too. And, like I said, the basis came in line here with the cash market picking up. The spreads are still somewhat bear spread or their discount in the front and there's a little bit of a premium out in the back which not near like there was i know uh, last time i was on i think we were looking at the october december trading around five uh five to six dollars october discount to these well these is discount to february by about two dollars right now so it still shows us that the spreads the the commercials still think there's a little bit of a there, there's a few cattle out here to work through and uh the, that's why we're trading a little bit bare you know bare spread here so if we can get these spreads to come in line here and get these front months to trade over the deferreds case in point we've got april trading over june if we can get that kind of activity to come up front here that's where it would be very hard to be short this market because they'd say we want them all we want them all now and that's where the the managed money and the non-commercials are likely going to stay is up front instead of out in the back so having said that how do you translate that to a cattle producer who's looking at these prices and and kind of grinning a little bit because they're in the driver's seat it looks good. They are in the driver's seat, and I, I hope we get more money next week for them. But, you know, there's always these concerns we have. And when you look at option volatility, option volatility is very cheap right now in some of these deferred contracts. There have, uh, there have been noted, uh, you know, noted selling of options out there as far as trying to get short you know, in the June contract, but I don't think this is a place to be selling an uncovered option. I think if anything, a person needs to buy a put and keep the upside completely open. You know, this is, this is the point in time where you can buy a cheap insurance policy to protect some equity and then just leave the upside completely open. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more to come back to as we continue with the Thursday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We're going to talk about the prices, what we're seeing at the meat counter. Does that scare beef or should it be? More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, our dealers make the difference in the products we sell. Here's Fontenelle dealer Kevin Callwhite from Humphrey, Nebraska. We've had wonderful success. We do a lot of field trials, side-by-sides, and test plots to help fine-tune products for our customers' specific needs. I have peace of mind knowing that next year's products will be selected and tested by someone that knows our farms and knows our area, and that's Fontenelle. For more, visit Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide labels. Welcome back. Back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Kyle Bumstead. He is with Alan Dale. And we left off and I was kind of kind of hinting about, is there going to be a protein war? What are we going to see in this market? And is it going to cause some nervousness for the cattle? I mean, admit it, we've all looked at the price at the meat counter and, you know, maybe cringed a little bit some of the prices we're seeing. So what are you thinking, Kyle? Mm-hmm. We look at this mm-hmm. overall. Retail meat is not cheap at the moment. 
That's right, Susan, it's not. And I want to bring in a term. Everyone is talking about inflation in a lot of markets. Well, I want to say a word called shrinkflation. And what I mean by that is I've noticed when I've gone to uh, larger retailers in a you know semi-urban area here in central Nebraska, you look at it and, and you look at some of these cuts and how they're packaged. You know, they're selling eight and 10 ounce uh, packages instead of, you know, a pound, they're selling eight and 10 ounce. So they're making the consumer think, okay, well, I'm getting a pretty good deal here because it might be under 20 bucks or right at 20 bucks or something like that. But when you look at it per pound, it's very expensive. So looking at the, uh, you know, weekly retail, uh, meat prices here that were released here last Friday afternoon, and I think they're posted on Monday mornings. So I usually look for them then, but you're looking at like boneless ribeye steak. There was a weighted average of about $12 and 14 cents a pound versus 1191 the week before, uh, T-bone were 781 versus 776 and sirloin 1099 versus you know 1099 the week before but then i look down here at the pork side of things and i'm looking at uh, uh boneless pork loins at 280 a pound versus 294 the previous week and skinless regular packed chicken uh boneless chicken 210 a pound versus 303 now think about this we do have a lot of consumers that have a lot of money that they've saved up here over the past year after they sat at home and, and haven't gone out. We've had some issues with restaurants not being open and not being able to travel and stuff like that. We've all plowed that ground before, but you look at it, the, the beef market has it priced in that the consumer is going to spend that money on beef. And I think they will until they won't. And what I mean by that is right after the first of the year, you're going to have a lot of holiday debt, you know, holiday bills come and do and things like that. So the question is, can beef sustain it through the holiday season. I think it has a pretty good chance of doing it as long as we don't get too, you know, as long as it doesn't get too high for the consumer. And it's, it's getting up there to a, a concerning level as what I'm seeing, but evidently the market has got priced in that we're still going to be moving beef at these high prices. And having said that, I mean, at some point that pocketbook's got to run out. It will, it will eventually. And I think, uh, you know, I, I think if the economy does have a setback, which it's going to have a setback someday. We just don't know when. We don't know how far it's going to go. I know it's definitely shaking some people up here, but it seems like, like one guy said, you know, it's dipped 99 times. We bought it 99 times, and, and it's worked for us, you know, buying stocks and buying our equities and, and buying our indexes. But one of these times, it's not going to work. We as, you know, a government can't keep printing money and not expect for there to be some sort of negative effect to it. And I think that we could end up in some sort of a global recession here in the in the future and i don't know if that's going to be you know two years three years five years but it it's it's going to be coming so how have the exports been moving both beef and pork the exports have actually actually this week the exports were really good um as far as the beef side of thing beef sales total this past week was twenty one thousand six hundred and forty four tons and this was better than expected sale this was 49 percent over last year and uh, i look at that and and uh, last time china had the winter olympics they were a big uh, big buyers of pork and beef and but the transit the the transition to 2022 purchases is just a little bit later than we've normally seen uh, and, and it finally hit this week. This, uh, this year to date, our numbers are 14% over last year as far as the beef exports. Um, our, our sales to China as of recently have cooled off just a little bit. This week, they only bought 3,345 tons. 
uh, compared to the previous week of 4,442 and, and two weeks ago at 13,751. So they may have enough procured here short term. And we've got to look at some of the other factors too. You know, the dollar was on a pretty good size rally um, when that happened too. And box beef was higher than it is now when, when those purchases were made. So with box beef coming down, I think there's a, there's a potential here that, you know, box beef's come down here since some of these purchases were made and the dollars come down just a little bit too. That may uh, spark our export market just a little bit more too. Any thoughts on year-to-date numbers? As far as pork as, or beef, as, I'm sorry, it's beef. My apologies. Oh, on the beef, yeah. I, I mean, it, it looks good, and uh, you know, we are moving some stuff here. And, and I think a lot of people, when you when you focus on both the pork and the beef side of things, a lot of analysts and, and a lot of people in the trade are always looking at China. But I'm I'm always looking at Mexico. I really like to see Mexico at the top of the sheet because Mexico is right there we can just get it to them in no time i mean we're, we're connected here at the hip basically and we can get that stuff to mexico and mexico is a big buyer they're a big buyer of u.s pork in fact they've they've given china a run for their money i mean they're the number one buyer of u.s ham out there and we need to keep that we need to keep that momentum going that way oh definitely so so as we look at all the things that we've talked about today a producer out there cattle guy wants to sit down and have a further conversation what's the best way for them to get a hold of you just call me here at the office at 308 708 7340. All right, that is today's Fontenelle Final Belk, and Kyle Bumstead's been joining us with Allendale. As always, reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss and they're not suitable for all investors. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Pick it up as a podcast at RuralRadioNetwork.com or wherever you subscribe. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell.